You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. For some reason, the New York Mets just can't build momentum. They go from the highest of highs, sweeping the Phillies, to the lowest of lows, getting swept by the Blue Jays all at home. On the show today, I'll discuss what happened. We'll go through that a little bit in the first segment. Uh, second segment, I want to touch on the fact that Tomas Nito appears to be uh, heading towards the end of his Mets tenure with Omar Nervais set to come back and uh, him sending a message out to fans tonight. Uh, then we'll close the show in the final segment discussing the struggles lately of Brett Beatty. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. I also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as a managing editor. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. Now, this was a brutal series over the weekend as the Mets just got beat bad by the Blue Jays. And it is made more frustrating when you take stock on where things were the last time I hit record for an episode of Locked On Mets on Thursday night, um, coming off a sweep where they they beat the Phillies. And it was like, all right, just go out this weekend, win a series against the Blue Jays, and then you have a day off, and then you go to, to war with the Braves, right? You're going to face the Braves uh, to start the week in Atlanta. This is an opportunity where the Mets were – you know, three and a half out, and maybe you pick up a game over the weekend, and you go into that series and you try to do damage against the Braves. Well, the Braves, they end up gaining a couple games here because they went into a tough environment, Arizona, a team that's been great this year, and they took two or three in the final two games of that series. The Mets, they get swept, and so now they're five and a half out heading into this series against the Braves. They could sweep the Braves, and still be two and a half games out in this division. And it's why at times I have said this year, I don't know if the division is in the cards for the Mets this year, if they could really compete with that Braves team. And we'll get more into that series tomorrow, but it's moments like this where the Mets just seem to come up short. And it's really across all phases this weekend. Starting pitching, first two games, really solid. Okay, Justin Verlander was great on Friday night. Um, only gave up a run. It's just that Chris Bassett was better on the Blue Jays' end. Saturday, Tyler McGill was really good as well. Uh, but, you know, not good enough because the Mets needed shutouts to, to win games in the first couple. They just did nothing offensively, and, and they literally got shut out in the first game. Um, they only scored one run on Saturday, so... 18 innings of baseball, you scratch one run across, you don't deserve to win, obviously. And then they finally score on Sunday, but Kodai Senga doesn't pitch well. It was the first time we saw him on regular rest. He's always got an extra day. 
that is something that you have to be worried about with a pitcher coming over from the MPB. They throw once a week over there. So they come over here and you wonder, okay, how is he going to handle it? Um, here's an opportunity to pitch on four days rest like everybody else. And he doesn't make it out of the third inning. So again, every single face dropped the ball this weekend. The lineup, the first two games dropped the ball. Uh, you know, starting pitching the third game dropped the ball. And even though the lineup was better with four home runs, they were all solo shots. Um, two from Tommy Pham on Sunday, one from Pete Alonso. Congratulations to him. He now owns the city field record uh, for most home runs ever hit in that ballpark, which is really impressive. Um, and then, of course, you've got Starling Marte homer. But again, it was four runs, and the Blue Jays were able to to get four um, on Sanga, and you know they got a couple late. And, and uh, you know, it, it's just every single phase. You can look at, you can even send the bullpen, like, you know, the bullpen gave up a couple of runs today when the Mets finally, uh, you know, got back in it and tied it up. You have Leon out there pitching, which I don't know if, if we can criticize it too much because, you know, the Mets are just trying to get by and they used everybody the following or the previous night, but you know, he's out there and he gives up, you know, the, the two runs and, Oh, that was a, a missed opportunity. And then you have David Robertson give up a run on, on Saturday um, in the ninth inning where I, I think you can make an argument that the Mets made a mistake pitching to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, you know, they had a base open that they, they could have put him on. They should have put him on. But when they only score one run, they didn't score in the ninth inning. How do you just, you know, put that on Buck Showalter or put that on, um, you know, Robertson for not just, you know, pitching more carefully around them. I mean, it was even a pretty decent pitch that, you know, Guerrero dug out to get the hit. So again, it, it was across the board failure from this team and to fall right back to 500. Now you got to play the Braves. You go and you lose that series. Now you're below 500 again. And all that kind of positive momentum that you had building, it dissipates. And I still believe in the long run, this team's going to be fine. I still think that this rotation is going to be you know, good enough. And I think this lineup is only going to get better. But to not get a single game this weekend, to let the Blue Jays come in and punch you in the mouth like that, granted, I pointed out on the preview that you know, outside of playing the AL East, the, the Blue Jays have been awesome this year. So, they were you know, 12 games over. Now they're 15 over against teams that aren't in the AL East. So it, it was a very good baseball team, uh, but you got to find a way to do more. And uh, to have it start with Chris Bassett going and pitching into the eighth inning, one out away from finishing off the eighth, three hits, no walks, eight strikeouts, just killed the Mets. Um, and then to have it close out where you know, Sanga who is the the Bassett replacement, uh, pitches so poorly. It's just a a weekend uh, of Mets baseball that I think we'd all like to forget. Uh, Luckily, they have a day off to try to regroup before they go up against the Braves. But that's just taking a team that was riding so high off that sweep against the Phillies. We're like, yeah, the Mets aren't in the same league as the Phillies right now. The Phillies are this team that can't figure it out. And then here the Mets are. They're they're they got great starting pitching in each of those games. And it's going to carry over this weekend. You still 
have a series where you're going to have Verlander and, and Sanga bookend it so you feel really good about the pitching you had going in. And it just felt like a series the Mets were going to win on the outset of it, uh, where they would get game one with Verlander and they'd find a way to get one of the other two. And you would take that momentum and carry it over and then play the Braves and, and, and do some damage there. Now you got to go into Atlanta reeling, which is not where you want it to be. Luckily, it's a long season. There's still 100-plus games left. Matt's sitting at 30 and 30. You still got time, but just <laughs> it was rough. It was rough, that's for sure. Uh, I want to turn the page, though, uh, and talk about Tomas Nito because it seems like he's on his way out, so we're going to do that in a minute, and I just want to kind of regroup into what this team can become here over the final 100 games of the season. So we're going to get to all that in just a minute, but before we do, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit in just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part of your ride fits right the first time around. Just add it to my garage. Look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Omar is set to return to the New York Mets. It appears like Tomas Nito is heading out. He put a post on Instagram, I believe, with a peace sign. You know, seems like he's uh, saying goodbye as he'll likely be designated for assignment here. Uh, they don't have any options on Nito, so all they could do is designate him and, and see if he passes through waivers. Um, if he did, uh, you know, I'm sure that they'd love to keep. Uh, Tomas Nito, but I imagine that as a valuable backup catcher, you know, we could see him even traded. Honestly, we could see someone put a claim in, um, or he could just decide to be a free agent and sign somewhere if he clears waivers too. He, he doesn't have to accept an assignment back to Syracuse for the Mets. So uh seems like he'll be heading on somewhere else, and that now gives you some clarity on what the Mets are going to roll with moving forward here with Nervaez and Alvarez as the backstop, and, and that's a credit to Francisco Alvarez for winning the job. Um, and you know, Nervaez was brought in to be the starter and to, to be that bridge to Alvarez. And it was his injury that opened the opportunity uh, for him to, to grab that job. I think he's still going to play pretty much as much as he's been playing, maybe a, a tad less. Uh, you know, Nervaez, as a left-handed bat, is an ideal complement to Alvarez. Uh, and the funny thing is that Alvarez actually been hitting better against righties and lefties, but I would imagine that he's going to be in there anytime a lefty's on the mound, and he's going to start a lot of times other than that as well. Um, you might see one less start a week with Nervais compared to Nito, a little more of an accomplished hitter, and I, I will say too, it depends on how you want to use them because 
it's always tough to use your backup catcher, um, you know, for substitutions. But you know, Nervaez as a lefty bat does give Buck Showalter another wrinkle off that bench as well. And then, you know, now we sort of know that you're not going to see Daniel Vogelback moved anytime soon, um, at least in the in the you know distant future. Uh, there's a chance, but right now, uh, I think he's he's kind of set and he's he's going to be sticking around. Tommy Pham, of course, is going to stay. He's had a two-home run game, although I will say pretty brutal. Uh, that one play today where you have Alvarez try to back pick a guy at second base on a walk. Granted, he might be a little bit overeager to be throwing the ball around. I will say that is a criticism you could make of Francisco Alvarez, and it was a bad throw. It was his mistake initially, but Tommy Pham didn't hustle. Tommy Pham just kind of walked gingerly in to get that ball in a light jog and then finally picked it up at the last second. And Matt Chapman was able to go from diving back into second base uh, to coming all the way around to score. And, and, you know, that that run definitely haunted the Mets. Now, granted, I think it was the next half inning. Tommy Pham got it back with a home run and then he hit another home run later. And look, I, I broke down the numbers on him last week a little bit there. You know, Pham has been hitting really well lately. Um, you know, the the kind of metrics behind what he's been doing with how hard he hits the baseball, uh, it does kind of promise for these types of games. And honestly, he's going to hit two home runs every game, but that he's going to be able to leave the yard and be an impact bat for the Mets. So I'm not saying that, oh, that one bad play is something that, co- that should cost his roster spot. I'm sure there's some Mets fans that had that reaction. But look, he homers a couple times, and I'm sure that erased it for, for a lot of you. The Mets are in a weird spot with the construction of this team. They have two guys in Canna and Fam that you know, have similar skill sets as right-handed corner outfielders. You have Starling Marte, who you know, is he breaking out? You feel like it, but then the OPS is still under 700 because you know he's not drawing his his walks and, and getting on base at a good clip, which we don't really expect from him. But you expect him to hit you know better than 250, also. So. Uh, you know, you have that. You have the fact that, you know, until today we hit the home run, he hasn't been slugging much. And so you just have just a, an interesting, you know, composition of this roster with these corner outfielders um, not really getting any good production um, from Marte, having two guys that are giving you decent production, but it feels like they're struggling to find and play the hot hand at times between Fam and, and, and Canna. Uh, just in some respects, it feels like Buck Schulte doesn't have a good finger on the pulse of this team. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that that's a Buck problem as much as it's just when the players aren't performing, it makes the manager look bad. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think Narvaez coming back does help a little bit. Um, get another veteran in the mix that you know can maybe, well, certainly could do more than what Nito had been providing. Um, offensively in the days that Alvarez isn't starting. He is the the clear mentor for Alvarez, both Venezuelan catchers. And we'll see if that helps a little bit here, but it's not going to advise it's coming back to, to save your season by any stretch. The problem, as it has been all year, it's not about the rookies, okay? It's not about, uh, you know, the just Daniel Vogel back or, or Mark Fantos in the DH position, even though that's, the place where you can point and say, oh, a change can happen here. It's the fact that Jeff McNeil hasn't been as good as he was last year. Francisco Lindor, same thing. Obviously, Marte. 
You know, even at times as incredible as Pete Alonso has been this season, he has gone hot and cold a little bit. And, and look, it's totally acceptable when you have the numbers that Pete has. But I still don't think we've seen you know the best version of Pete Alonso for you know a four week stretch in a row where he's just consistent series over series. There's still been times where there's been some lulls. Say the same thing about Brandon Emma. The overall numbers are there. But he also has gone through a lot of peaks and valleys where you just want them to to be maybe a little more consistent across the board. And once those veterans play to the back of the baseball card like they're supposed to, that's when this team's going to take off. You still have 100 games to do it, a little over 100. So it's not time to give up on the Mets after one sweep, but it's definitely a gut punch of a series considering the highs you just experienced against that Phillies team. But we'll see if they can kind of shock us on Tuesday, get back on track. I do want to mention one rookie, though, and that's Brett Beatty. Uh, It's been a little bit rough for him, and I want to dive into those numbers lately uh, in just a minute. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp by visiting BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash LockedOnMLB. Now, I have yet to really criticize uh, any of these rookies up to this point because it's a learning curve, right? It's tough to come in, face MLB pitching for the first time, and it is a growing process. Brett Beatty has played 50 games in his big league career. Okay, Give him another 50. I'm sure he is going to be way more comfortable in the box. He's going to have a better approach to MLB pitching. He's going to uh, you know, be more comfortable playing in big league ballparks, and he's going to put up better numbers. But it is fair to be concerned with what he's done lately and you know what he's done this season with the Mets because he was brought in to be an impact guy, and he's the starting third baseman. I don't think that that changes. You've got to let him play himself out of it. But he's hitting 227 right now, 301 on base, 367 slug. His OPS is 668. You want a lot more from Brett Beatty. You do. And look, he's playing a great defensive third base. So you have to give him that. And he hits the ball hard still. I imagine he's going to come around and and come around soon. But you look at his last 24 at-bats, right, over the the last seven games he's played. He's hitting 167, 231 on base, 250 slug, no home runs. But here's the big thing. Ten strikeouts to two walks in 24 at-bats, 26 plate appearances. That's pretty ugly. 
that he's not seeing the ball and, and he's getting exposed that much. And you look at this series against Toronto, the two games that he had, you had, uh, what was it? Friday night, he goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts in the game the Mets get shut out. Saturday, he goes 0 for 3 uh, with a walk and three strikeouts. And the funny thing, too, is they bench him against the lefty, which I understand they're going to do that. And it's not like, uh, you know, he's kind of played himself into an everyday role at the moment. Like, you, you can understand giving him a breather at times. The funny thing, though, is he's hit better against lefties this year for whatever reason. His OPS against lefties is 796 and 635 against righties. Um, you know, Maybe they should have flipped that up a little bit. I don't know. Maybe they should have played him against the lefty and give him an off day in one of those other two games. Uh, you know, Buck Showalter's always going to lean so heavily on righty, lefty, but you do have to look at some of the numbers behind it. I mean, it's it's interesting that, that he's hitting lefties so much better in the big league level. I don't think that's going to hold up. I mean, he's going to hit right-handed pitching, but it's been a, a really just just tough stretch for him, and, and it's it's getting hard to watch. I mean, especially this weekend. I mean, you know, six strikeouts in your you know eight plate appearances with just a walk, and you go over. You know, he's got to do a little bit of soul searching. But hey, look, you got a day off. Go into Atlanta. Maybe he finds something. Uh, sometimes too, I feel like with rookies, when they're struggling, you know, when they're when they're going right, you want them at home. When they're struggling, it's almost better to 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 get on the road because um, maybe there's a little less pressure instead of oh man, I'm here I am trying to to win this home crowd over, and, and I'm dropping the ball. So um, we'll see, we'll see if you can turn this around soon. But it, it, it had gotten to the point where I had to at least mention it because. He just has not been swinging a good bat. So uh, tomorrow's show, uh, you know, previewing Mets versus Braves for all you everydayers. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you uh, follow, rate, review wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. And to catch every pitch of the next Mets game, hear the hometown broadcast. You can do so with SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Mets.